This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Future File the weekly podcast discussing all the tech that impacts our lives and changes the way we play, the way we work. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. I'm Jeff Parsons, the Mirror's tech and science editor. And with me is Shivali. Say hi, Shivali. Hi. And we're just going to start this podcast off with a little shout out. Now, if you're a regular Future File listener, uh, you may remember my uh, pr- previous co-host, Sophie Curtis. Well, Sophie is now the proud mum to little Isabel Orr who was born on Thursday the 25th of January. So from all of us here, we just want to say a big congratulations to Sophie. Yay, congrats Sophie. Congrats Sophie. Right, so um, on with the show. Shivali, do you want to give us an idea of what we're going to be talking about this week? Yes, so today we're going to be looking at some of the technologies featured in science fiction films and TV programmes. And that includes Star Wars, Harry Potter, and of course Black Mirror, which everyone's watching at the moment. Um, So while most of the technologies from these films were once fictional, uh, many technology firms are now bringing them to life um, and others being worked on. Um, So we're going to be discussing which of these technologies we think are here to stay and which we definitely like to keep in the realm of make-believe. So Jeff, I want to hand over to you about your favourite sci-fi tech. Movie sci-fi tech. It's funny, isn't it, how... A lot of, if you hear interviews with um, engineers and designers, um, a lot of sort of people say, "Oh, I got into doing this because I saw this movie when I was a kid, or something, or I saw that happen. I saw this amazing gadget on screen, and I thought I just want to build something like that." I've I've seen several people kind of give that as a reason for getting into the tech industry. Yeah, they're uh, pretty inspirational. These films. I mean, a lot of it, the tech seems like it's out of reach, but as we'll discuss, a lot of it now. Is coming to life. I mean, I remember a lot of people talking about films like, um, well, like Star Wars, um, the Ridley Scott's Aliens movies, where the sort of future was not this sort of bright, shiny 1960s Flash Gordon type thing, but it was actually kind of a well used, r- real bits of tech that integrated into people's lives, and 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 it kind of bringing it back to that sort of almost level of realism was what g- sparked people thinking, oh, we can actually see these, you know, occurring in our in our lives at some point. Yeah, I think especially with Black Mirror as well. They Which is Black Mirror, ma- exactly. That's the point of it. They try and make it so that it could be it's a like, real life it's thing. Just that, just round the corner. Yeah, that a lot technology. of them. That's what make a lot makes a lot of them really creepy. I think yes. because you can actually imagine it yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well. Okay. So um, we've uh, yeah. So we've each we've each kind of come up with a couple of ideas uh, of, of tech that we'd like to see from the movies. So I'm going to start out with. Um, one of the the greats is uh, the the Iron Man movies. So the Marvel superhero uh, films started off with Iron Man in two thousand and eight. Mr. Robert Downey Jr. He um, is great, isn't he's he? He's just yeah. amazing yeah. as Tony Stark. Tony Stark, the you know, uh, what is he? Businessman, inventor, philanthropist, kind of playboy. Uh, but of all the tech in that film, um, I wanted to pick out Jarvis, which is. 
uh, Tony Stark's home, kind of homegrown virtual assistant that he has in his house and his office. Um, and Jarvis sort of runs through all the tech in the film from his house to his suit. Um, it, it's sort of his sidekick. Um, yeah, Jarvis is the real hero, isn't he? Jarvis is the real hero, yeah, voiced by Mr. Paul Bettany. Is it? Yep, same, same. Oh, that's, I didn't uh, know that. That's the guy. So, um, yeah, so Jarvis was, was just brilliant. I, I just remember watching that movie and thinking... How cool to, to walk into your house and just sort of say, hey, Jarvis, mm-hmm. you know, boot up the TV or whatever and, and get them to uh, get him to do it. So that's that was what, 2008. So a little while ago now. Um, and it's coming true. So the obvious connection is our voice assistant on our phones, um, Siri from from the Apple, uh, Google Assistant from Google and Amazon Alexa. Mm-hmm. So um it's sort of, I would say, it's it's kind of there in a way. It's again, it's very early stages. Uh, I'm looking forward to having it all work totally seamlessly and beautifully uh, coordinated. Um, and I think that is probably what the sticking point is with this kind of technology. Um, it's all the different um, competing, uh, the, the sort of fragmented nature of, of yeah, trying to integrate those. If these 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 things, yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, interestingly, Mark Zuckerberg. I was just going to mention yeah, him. Mark He's Zuckerberg made his house. Made Jarvis. He he tried to do it. Yeah. Um, so obviously Zuck runs Facebook now and is is busy doing doing all the businessy stuff. But he obviously started as an engineer, um, and and the reason he put forward for doing this this was in 2016 was that he wanted to uh, kind of keep his coding skills sharp because mm-hmm. he was doing more um, personnel meetings, press, and all this sort of stuff that you have to do when you're running the biggest social networking company on the planet. Um, so this was his sort of personal mission for 2016. And he wrote the wrote his uh, his own Jarvis. He called it Jarvis after Iron Man. Um, he wrote it. He wrote the code himself. Uh, he used artificial various artificial intelligence techniques like um, natural language processing and facial recognition. He, he used a combination of programming languages. There was Python, PHP, Object C, all in there. And he built it all around a sort of a custom iOS app that he himself put together. And he's he's done a whole uh, post on Facebook, which you can go and read to kind of get into the details a little bit more. But effectively, what he said was that one of the hardest parts was trying to make all these different um, products uh, talk to each other because they all uh, use different programming languages. They all ran on different protocols. Um, and it was very fragmented. And he said that was almost the, the challenge. Um, the technology is here. We have like natural language processing we have smartphones uh, that can pick up what we're saying it's it's getting it all to work in the sort of iron man seamless way that they do in the movies yeah. um you have uh, apple is apple runs apple's home kit is their kind of platform for the internet of things which is all the connected devices in your house uh, samsung has smart things so each of the companies are kind of pursuing this idea this iron man style dream but it's just a little bit I think one of the main problems is actually getting people to use it as well. I don't know about you, but I, I've got an iPhone and I never use Siri. Right. Um, so I think it would be quite a, a change to rely on a smart assistant for everything. Yeah, I I, I don't use it. I have a no. um, an Android phone and I don't use Google Assistant too much on my phone. I do have a smart speaker at, in the house, which I use more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because... In in the in the house, you're a little bit more relaxed. It's your place, and you just sort of you know. There's something kind of you cool don't feel about too embarrassed. You don't feel embarrassed, yeah. you know. Whereas I, I I do I don't yet see many people walking down the street sort of shouting at Siri or, or Google to kind of set reminders and put timers on their phones. But in the house, you know, um, if you want to 
uh, yeah, dim the lights. You can get connected lights that will do that. If you want to sort of put the kettle on, you can do that as well. Um, so the majority of, I think, at the moment is people use it for music. So, I mean, interestingly, yeah. Apple is launching the HomePod next week, um, which they have very, very much structured it. On the 9th, it isn't it? On the 9th, yeah. yeah. It comes out on the 9th, uh, £319. Wow. Wow. But they are... Um, they're really structuring it around music so they've effectively built an amazing speaker and it just happens to do some sort of some other bits and pieces as well mm-hmm. um, and they'll probably see where it goes from there if they want to kind of pick up on some of the other tech involved with it um, but I think that's kind of the way in um, with, with smart speakers is, is, it, is hooking it up to a music system and using it that way yeah I think for, everyone for the, for the sort of lay person that yeah. wants to kind of just like dip their toe in the water of this same thing with with kind of wearable tech was, was about fitness you know you kind of like hang it on something that people can use and then yeah. they, they find out all the other functionality kind of as they get more comfortable with it yeah everyone I know who's gotten Amazon Alexa mostly uses it for music they'll like mm-hmm. on Spotify you can link it up with Spotify I think um, yeah yeah. So it's quite easy being like, skip this song or play exactly. this. And actually, for the listeners, if you want a little bit more detailed opinion on uh, Alexa versus Google Assistant, go back to one of our previous podcasts, because I think we tackled it last year. So Nice plug. Nice plug, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better at those. I'm getting better at the uh, the casual sort of plugs of, uh, of some of the other episodes we've done. Um, can I tell you my second one? Yes, please. My second choice? Second choice, right, has to be film gadgetry, guys. So that's what we're talking about. And when I think of film gadgetry, there's there's one man that stands above all else. Not Iron Man. Not Iron Man. Or as, as much as I like <laughs> Iron Man, this this man is is beyond beyond even Tony Stark when it comes Do you to wanna gadgetry. Sing his theme tune too. I don't <laughs> sing the theme tune. I will say that he is a, a willing servant of Her Majesty's government. Uh, he's been with us since the mid-60s, appearing on our TV screens. The man I'm talking about is, of course, James Bond. And of all the gadgetry that uh, James Bond has at his disposal, the one I would most like to see, I think, uh, kind of come real uh, that I could use would be the jetpack from Thunderball. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What, did it, what was his li- The line was, no well-dressed man should be without one. That's what he says. When oh, he, he's so he slick, isn't he? So slick. <sighs> Classic Bond. Classic Bond, yeah. yeah. So that, that movie came out, Thunderball came out in 1965. So we've sort of had jetpacks Which on the Bond mind. was it? It was Sean Connery. Ah, uh, that makes it cooler as well. Sean Connery. Mm. Uh, I will just put this in here. Sean Connery, not my favourite Bond. Who is your favourite Bond? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, me too. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why, a quick little aside here. Uh, the first Bond movie I ever saw at the cinema was uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, right? So mm-hmm. it, was, it was Pierce Brosnan's uh, Bond. And I... I was at that kind of, you know, I can't remember how old I was, you know, that age, that sort of 12, 13, 14 age where, where, you know, you go to the cinema, I went with my dad and my brother uh, and we went to see James Bond and that that always sort of stuck, sticks with me. I think your favourite Bond is the one that you went to see at the cinema. Yeah. So my parents are all about, um, about yeah, Connery and Roger Moore because that's who they grew up with. But for me, Pierce Brosnan, he was the man. Who's the next one going to be is the big know. question. Um, they say, I've, I don't know. I think it's going to be Idris. I'd, I would I'd love, love him. He'd be I'd a great love Bond. Idris Elba mm-hmm. to be James Bond. He'd be he'd be great because he's got it all, hasn't he? He's yeah, so smooth, he's so smooth. But he can do the action stuff. Yeah, he looks good in a tux. Yeah, Idris, you, Idris gets off. But can he use a jetpack? Can he use a jetpack? <laughs> can he use? Jet- That's the question. Um, so yes, going back to the jetpack. Now I had a little bit of a look into this this jetpack, and turns out jetpacks you can buy them. They are or no, hold on, let me backtrack. They are available. Uh, they're being developed. There's a company called Jetpack Aviation, 
Uh, one of the co-founders of this company is a bloke called Nelson Tyler. Uh, he's credited as the principal designer, and he is the guy who designed or helped design the jetpack from Thunderball. Wow. So the actual guy who worked on the movie he's is bringing now his vision a to principal life. designer in a company that is building jetpacks. Wow. Um, this guy, he actually won, uh, again, a, a bit of research, he actually won three uh, Oscars, or was nominated, that's, I think so, uh, for, for work with sort of gyro-stabilising camera mounts, and that's kind of where he started out, and, and now clearly builds jetpacks. Um, his partner in the business uh, is a, an Aussie uh, ex-pilot called David Maiman, um, has completed more than 400 test flights on, a, on an actual jetpack. They say it can, it can reach speeds of up to 100 miles an hour, uh, but it can only go for 12 minutes on one tank of fuel. Oh. So wherever you have to jetpack to, it has to be within sort of 12 minutes. So how does it actually work? Well, it works it's effectively. You've got a rocket booster on your back, so it's not the safest thing. Maybe there's some... <laughs> Would not want to be behind that yeah, person. <laughs> that's it. You strap, you strap a pair of, of rocket. You strap some propellant on your back, and you hit the ignition, and you go. Um, they cost, or they, they uh, the guys at Jetpack Aviation are kind of putting this in the ballpark, their, their version at £220,000. For one? For one. Whoa. So that's that's what you'd be looking at. Um, they, they don't sell them yet. You can't buy them yet, but they are they are taking inquiries on their website, so you can... Do you reckon we can get a free sample? Do you know what? We could, yeah. we could try that flying around <laughs> um, over London. That would be fantastic. Uh, but again, that's, that's... I would love to see... Uh, I mean, I'd love to see it come in and become a real-life gadget. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of regulations around it. You probably have to get a pilot's license and somehow scrape together or be on private land grand. or something yeah yeah to, to actually have to be able to have a go with it um but oh, come on it would just be it would just be amazing wouldn't it yeah um but i don't know if i'd want too many other people to have them because um it might lose its um Coolness. luster a little bit if everyone else is flying yeah. around jetpacks you got sort of it's like traffic you know you got to navigate other people <laughs> on their jetpacks it could get a bit that could messy. be a really painful collision as well if you did hit someone else on a jetpack yeah i know and a long way to fall and you know yeah. there's an explosive tank on your back and you might not have the parachute stuff set up properly so yeah but anyway but that if you're James Bond, so you can get away with it. All I want to do, all I want to do is put my jetpack on, fly home, walk into my house, and there's Jarvis ready to set up everything, <laughs> put the movie on, and, and make my popcorn and hot chocolate for me. And yeah, well, who knows? We could be there in the future. We could. That would be yeah. So that that, that would be there would be a couple of my picks. Um, yeah, Charlie, do you want to tell us all what you've kind of come up with? Yeah. So my first one is featured in Star Trek, um, and that is the Universal Translator. Yes. So in Star Trek, they use it to translate aliens, which we're not doing yet because we haven't uh-huh. found them yet. But I think it'd be really cool. Well, it's cool that we could have one to translate between different languages here on Earth. Yes. Um, so sure, the, secondary school students suffering with French and German classes might oh, imagine. love the idea of one of those. Just sat in class at the back, getting translated <laughs> in real time. Teachers <laughs> probably wouldn't be too fond of it. Yeah. Um, no. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. And so um, a few people are working on them actually. So Google, I think it was last year, released its Pixel Buds, That's right, which yeah. are little end headphones of, you wear, um, and they can actually translate forty languages in real time. So I don't know how real time it is, mm-hmm. or how distracting it would be if someone was speaking to you and in your ear, you're getting the translation. Yeah. Because I, I seem to remember there was a demo of a um, someone. And an executive talking to another executive. One, one was speaking Mandarin, one was speaking English. Mm-hmm. I think, and they were trying to do a real-time translation. It's pretty um, cool that they've it's a, they've brought that out. Yeah, 
because of course Google Translate, the software behind it, is all, is an app you can download and, and yeah, runs to loads of different languages. Yeah, and I think the idea of having it straight in your ear straight rather your than ear, time, through like yeah. a dictaphone kind it's of a thing. Babblefish type thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think fish, Babblefish? I don't sure. know. Do you know from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Do yeah. You know what talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that Google Pixel Buds are already out and then a few different people are working on more kind of handheld devices which would be not as cool but still very handy and I think that could really like transform how we communicate with people mm. like both in in business so in that video with the executives talking but in like things like relationships um, you could open your uh, eyes to a whole new world of people if you could speak different languages mm. um, so yeah the universal translator is my number one I like that that would be that would be very cool yeah how, how far okay how far away do you think it is like what do you think realistically do you think we'll have one in Five years, ten years. Well, Google's already got one out, basically. Um, but, but one that when we that yeah okay. So what are you envisioning? Something I, when you... I'm envisioning one that I think I don't know. It's just sort of not not a pair of headphones. It's not tethered to anything. It's something that you can just uh, yeah say put in your ear or hold in your hand. And and uh, I think Google's is kind of like a first gen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be long though. If we've got the first gen already, I reckon ten years max. Yeah, ten years will be like going on holiday and just speaking like natives. Through yeah. This. But do uh, but will it require both people to have one? If they're if you, you're both going to understand each other, yeah, okay. Because you could go you could go abroad somewhere, and you might have one in your ears and mm-hmm. be able to understand what yeah, being said on the don't... radio or on the TV. But if you try and talk to someone in you know in a shop or something, and you have to carry a pair around and give and it give the second one to one in a shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think long though. Ten years or so, I'm gonna guess. Okay, cool. So that's my first one. It's your first pick. My next one Second is pick. from one of my favourite films, Harry Potter, and that's a flying car. Ah, so, yes. in Harry Potter, obviously, oh, Ron and Harry, I think, drive it to Hogwarts and crash it. You know which Harry Potter it is in? Oh. A little test. I, don't, I can't remember now. The pressure on the spot. I think it was the second or third one. I think it was one of the early ones. It's because they missed the Hogwarts appeared. Express. It's not the, the first one. It's not the first one. No, I, I, I don't know. Listeners, tell us which one it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it was the second or third one. But it was the bl- blue, the blue car. The blue car, yeah. Right, yeah. It was on the co- front cover of the book. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll throw it back. I might read it again. Um, <laughs> so that's in the film, and actually, several people are working on flying cars in real life. So some big firms are doing it. Um, Airbus. Um, who just this morning actually completed the first test flight which on their flying taxi. Ah, yes, I saw those pictures. They which we've written about on our website, by the way. That's right, mirror.co.uk slash tech. Yep. Um, and then other firms are Uber's doing one, so Uber's working on Uber Air, um, and then Kitty Hawk, which is one of the companies set up by, um, what's the Google man? Oh, Larry Page. Larry, Larry Page, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's just a few of them. There's there's loads of them working on it. Um, I mean, at the moment, they kind of just look like planes or helicopters. They're not very car-like. But mm. I think we could get a Jetsons future ahead of we us. We could. It'd probably be more comfortable flying around in a car than in a jetpack. I mean, in a car, you have seats and you can yeah. put some music on. And put some heating on. Put some heating on. <laughs> yeah, it's probably quite cold flying around with a jetpack. I, mean, I should have thought about this a little bit more before I waded in there with my selection. <laughs> Um, I'd love to have a flying car though. How handy would that oh, be? That'd be brilliant. Beat the traffic. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Flying Again, cars. not if everyone had one though. Yes. You'd have to be yes. the only one with be, one. Yeah. You'd have to be uh, the, the, the one, the unique one with a flying car. Yeah. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. 
going even further back than Harry Potter. <laughs> is that a sci-fi film? Not really. Not really, <laughs> I suppose. No, not a sci-fi film. But yeah, um, like, but flying, yeah. <laughs> flying cars are a staple of uh, sci-fi films, so I'm Very excited cool. to see them brought to life. Um, should we do a couple of like honourable mentions, some some sci-fi tech that maybe we would like to see that, that really is a bit out there? Yeah. So, for me... For you. Teleporting. Teleporting. How handy would that be? That would be... That would, that would never even have to supersede a flying car? Yeah, I'd never have to step on a London Underground ever again. No, would you just have... Now, would it be Would it be like a teleportation? You would have a little like pod in your house where you would go to teleport to where you wanted to be? Or would you have to go to sort of like a, a station or an airport to kind of go teleporting grand further away? Or would you just carry some sort of like device in yeah, your Yeah, ideally hands, some so. kind of a device. Some like in um, Harry Potter, what is it? A port key they have, which is like... Again, my again, Harry Potter again, reference. Harry Potter. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but that's only goes to one one place, doesn't it? Mm. I'd like the option of going wherever I need to go. Right. So, you, you, hypothetically, you could have a device where you could key in sort of GPS coordinates. Yeah. And that's where you teleport to. Yeah. So that would be you, my number you'd one. You'd be think. very careful to get the right coordinates and not get a figure wrong and end up teleporting to the middle of the sea or something <laughs> like that. But then you could just re, but re, then, yeah, re- right, it. Just re- recalibrate. Have a little it. adventure. Yeah. You might get really fat because you just end up doing it everywhere. That's true. That's true. I'm now seeing a future in which people just sort of teleport, like someone could just teleport into your front garden. Oh, yeah, you'd have to have some so kind sorry, of like Sorry, I, I meant to be to my friend's house. Or in, the inside your house. Or inside your house. <gasps> Burglars could use it. Oh, see. Oh, no. See, the downside of it. Downside. We've gone That's too a far. Black Mirror episode waiting, That's, isn't yeah, it? We've gone too far. We've overanalyzed. I, I will say, <laughs> my, my honourable mention, it's got to be it's got to be a lightsaber from Star oh, Wars. Oh, Come on. every Everybody <laughs> wants like You see, the, it's the noise and the light. and the, the What colour would you get? Oh. Probably green. I quite like the green lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. There's what The purple one's only safe for certain people, isn't it? Yeah. Mace Windu. Yeah. Only one to have a purple lightsaber in the films, I suppose. Probably. In real life, you can have whatever you want. In real life, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd go with the green one. I think. What would you use it for? Because you're not much thing. of a fighter, I don't think. No, I don't know what I'd use it for, <laughs> unless it was someone else to f- fight with. Uh, but I don't know what you'd use it for. I suppose, sort of. I tell you what, I tell you how I'd, I, would, I would use it. In real life, I would get frustrated with something like trying to get a bike lock undone. Oh, or yeah. Or trying to kind of get through some sort of packaging or something. And just be like, do you know what? Zoom. Yeah. And just cut through it. That would be cool. Which would be great. Would you be able to use it without the sound effect, though? Because <laughs> no. it would have its own sound effects. Oh, yeah, that's right. You'd have to just stop you'd yourself from making it yourself. <laughs> you, yeah, I've seen, you can't do the lightsaber move without I've seen, doing the I've seen effect. interviews with some of the actors from Star Wars where they were told by uh, the production staff to stop making the noises because they were going, well, we'll, guys, we'll add that in post. You don't need to really? be making the noises on the set. But you're right, it's so ingrained. Yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> I would love a lightsaber. Um, other other quick honourable mention from me goes to um, the, the hoverboard from Back to the Future. Yeah. So, Having had your skateboard for a week now. That's true, that's true. I, I, I recently tested out an electric skateboard. It's not quite the same thing, um, but close. Yeah, but a close. hoverboard would be fun. Yeah, a hoverboard would be great. Yeah. That'd be good, yeah. Right, so... There's, there's a few, though. There's, that, there's a few, yeah. Any, um, I would not want to see in real life. Oh, okay. So, so both of these are, uh, are Black Mirror ones. Um, so the episode, I think it's season three, episode one, where you have to rate everyone using that yes, app and then right. if your rating goes down too much you get completely shunned and that's a creepy feature that I could see actually happening as well with everyone so ingrained on social media and so right, needing yeah. validation from likes and yeah. comments I well, would not like that 
web, some websites, eBay is one that springs to mind, is it all about, on a, Uber is another one, it's peer rating, isn't yeah. it? So you rate some, a seller or you rate a, a driver and they rate you back and in theory, if you if you're a jerk, it should get you should get derated. But you're right. In in Black Mirror, they take it really to the extreme, and it could go way the other way. So I, I think I'm with you on that one. I would hate that. Yeah, I absolutely hate. And it. then another one from Black Mirror I was thinking of was um, I think it's one of the earlier seasons, season one, um, which is where you can record everything you're seeing and then either you or someone else can watch it back oh yes that i remember that like because the eyes the go, eyes go weird your eyes and your eyes yeah. go opaque and then you can see it and put it on the screen yeah that, one of the worrying things really is creepy. um you did a survey the other day about which black mirror technologies people would want to see in real life mm-hmm. and 29 percent of brits said they'd use that 29 percent of brits said they would actually they would use actually it. use like memory recording and watch watch it back that's, that's that's terrifying. I mean, if it was a nice it's, memory, I'm sure it's, it would be lovely to watch back. But then it might ruin it for you. Yeah. Memories are sort of... You want that little rose-tinted sort of yeah. happy memory kind of... If you could just go back and see it like a film, yeah. unless it was nicely edited, you might think, oh, that's not quite... It wasn't as, as, wasn't ma- as magical as, as I remember. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's... Yeah. I, I suppose, actually, this is a good time to mention that we do have... the We do... there. There's another podcast you should listen to, as well as Future File. Uh, Black Mirror Cracked is our... Um, or the Mirror's Black Mirror kind of episode, play-by-play. Um, I, I, I guest-starred on it the other day, so um, I highly recommend checking out if you're a Black Mirror fan, um, because I think, you're right, with... With kind of tech going slightly the wrong way, Black Mirror has just got that absolutely down. Yeah, um, it's not it's not totally unrecognisable, but it just it just so it just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what tech I would have that that what, what tech would I like to see stay in the in the films. I don't know. Maybe some of the. Um, I don't. I don't know. I suppose any any. It, any maybe sort of like Skynet. I'd probably rather I would like Skynet to kind of stay in the movies because yeah. that's that's not a great idea. <laughs> the Matrix, you know, where we're all plugged in as batteries um, for the machines and it's all just a big simulation. Some people think that is true. Quite by happy the way. for that to stay in the uh, in the realm of fiction. Yeah. Some people do think it's true. Who was that? Is it Elon Musk who thinks we are? Elon, ah, yeah. Elon Musk did say that maybe we, we are. Could, maybe in we are living in a computer simulation. Yeah, that's something to think on, isn't it? <laughs> Cheers for that one, Elon. Cheers for that one, Elon. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's probably uh, all about all we've got time for. So I could talk about this all day. I could talk There's about so it many so cool tech. Well. And more comes into your head, you think. Of yeah. The, or think about the um, the little flash gadget from Men in Black that erases <gasps> people's memories. Yeah. Oh, Men in Black. Great Men in Black, film. yeah. Yeah. If you want a part two, let us know. We've got a that's lot to true. chat about. We can just chat through even more films. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, I say that's probably all we have time for uh, today. But thank you very much for listening. Um, as Shivali said, if you've got any other ideas, if you've got suggestions, um, get in touch with us, drop us a line, uh, and let us know what you'd like us to discuss. Um, that's all from us this week, but obviously we will be back next week. So join us again. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Bye.